Rewind it back to the days of chillaxing on the beach and all-day fun with Spring Break on DraftKings Casino. Play exclusive games like Fan Fave Rocket. The excitement is endless, the vibes are right, and the cash prizes could be huge. New players, start playing with just 5 bucks and get 100 back instantly in casino credits. Download the app and use code COLLEGEDRAFT to book your one-way ticket to fun with DraftKings Casino. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas. 21-plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash football for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Pour yourself a cold one. They strike them, huh? And listen to Russ Tucker break down the top college prospects on another tasty edition of The College Draft. Yeah, it is Daddy Soda time here on the College Draft Podcast, a Monday, August 17th edition of the College Draft Podcast. I'm Ross Tucker, former NFL offensive lineman, five teams, seven years, way more than five or seven daddy sodas over the weekend, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. It was three days in a row. Woo! Anyway, uh, I'm good to go this morning. I'm good to go with my buddy, Emery Hunt. You need to follow him on Twitter, at FBallGamePlan on Twitter. He's also the absolute YouTube rock star football game plan. Listen, if you are enjoying the Co-Sells Concepts edition of the Ross Tucker Football Podcast on Friday, then you will love football game plan, which is what Emery brings to the table each and every week. You got to check out all – I mean, there's YouTube videos archived there of Emory with college coaches like for, for years. Like you could just lose yourself in that. And Emory, correct me if I'm wrong. Do you have a draft guide coming out soon? I believe we do. You could pre-order our football game plan scouting guide, uh, our 2021 edition at footballgameplan.com slash 2021 draft guide. Footballgameplan.com slash 2021 draft guide. Listen, I, I've already gotten the feedback. You guys already know Emery is the man. Wait till you see how much he knows about the FCS guys. You're going to lose your crap. I'm telling you. It's unbelievable. So you got to get his draft guide. There is no question. Emery knows everybody. It's amazing. Speaking of amazing, we are giving out a cameo shout out every week to a new YouTube subscriber. So just go to youtube.com slash Ross Tucker NFL and subscribe. And I'll give you a shout out for whoever or whatever you want. If you are the winner, you can also get in the season long redraft league for fantasy football on the fantasy feast podcast with me and Joe Dolan. If you take advantage of fantasy points or the DraftKings app code Ross, more on that later. And how about this? You take advantage of any of our sponsors, we're going to let you on the Ross Tucker Football Podcast to ask me a question or to read the Tuck's takes like Brian does. So we got a heck of a week planned 
at Ross Tucker Podcast Network, and it starts with the Big 12. As of right now, Emery, the Big 12 is still playing. Please, please. <laughs> now, let me be very clear about this, okay? And I've read a lot about this. I'd be curious to get your opinion, Emery. I understand both sides of the issue. I understand the risks that are in place. I've read what the doctors have said. I understand probably the legal concerns that the Big Ten and the Pac-12 have and why they've decided to cancel or postpone their seasons. I thought Dr. David Chow, who's been on the show before, made some good points. He literally looked at it from both the SEC doctors and the Big Ten doctors' perspective. And I think reasonable minds can disagree as to whether or not it's worth going ahead and trying to play a college football season. Do you have a strong opinion on that, Emery? You know, you could really see arguments for wanting to play and not wanting to play. And I, I do believe when people ask the question, I've been asked this on a couple of different shows, what would you do, Emory? I'm like, well, it's hard for me to say as a 39-year-old what I would do, juxtaposed to what 17 to 22-year-old Emory would say, you know? And so, yeah, you want to play because at that age, that young age, you do feel invincible and that it can't happen to you. And as an adult, you understand risk versus reward. So you say, you know what? Maybe it's not the best uh, solution to do it or the wisest thing to do. So I can see both sides. That's why it's always hard for the current person that's not in the moment to say what they would do or what they wouldn't do. But I can understand why uh, players want to play because they're young. They feel as though, hey, we we're you know have better protocols in the facility than we would if we were just a general student. But that's the other part of it because you have that general population that's totally not you know responsible and totally not having the same protocols. And it puts the entire team in the conference in the season at risk. So I can understand. Maybe it's not, hey, we don't want you guys to play because of you. We're trying to protect you from everyone else because, again, you can't have college football without college. And if you're having guys on campus, you can't control that scenario like you could guys at the facility. It's not you, it's me. Or actually, it's not you, it's them. <laughs> exactly. I think that's ultimately what it is. And, you know, we know the risk. We understand what, what can happen. And, you know, some guys are going to take that risk. That's fine. Agree or disagree. But that's your right to say, hey, I want to play. I'm, I'm willing to assume those risks. However, you saw the pictures coming out of uh, college campuses this weekend, you know, out there in Tuscaloosa. No one's wearing the mask. Um, it's not too much about the crowd. It's the fact that it's a crowd without protection. And so if you're going to be in a crowd, at least wear a mask. Therefore, you don't transmit the the, uh, the spread as um, it, you don't have a high probability to transmit the spread uh, when you're wearing the mask. But if you're going to be in a crowd without a mask, it's hard to then say, you know what, man, we can trust our players, but we can't trust the, the general population. All right. Well, one place, right? And by the way, we should mention um, – whether they play or not, no matter what conferences play, we're going to be here because they're going to have a draft and we need to talk about the players that are going to be in the draft. So even if it's strictly from an NFL perspective and the NFL draft, that's kind of what we're doing anyway. So we're here whether they play this year or not. And I've said it before, I'll say it again. We might even be more valuable if they don't play 
because a lot of people aren't going to know that much about these guys, but Emory's already watched them. We know the top guys in each conference. We know the top small school guys, and we'll break them down regardless. I should mention I'm at Ross Tucker NFL all over the place in terms of social media. We are at Ross Tucker Pod. Let's get into your top 10 Big 12 players. Emory, here's the first question. When you send me this list, is this is this in some level in order of how you think that they are they should be ranked as the top ten prospects or not at all? Not at all. It's just ten names that that really pop out at you initially when you're thinking about Big Twelve. Okay, we're talking Big Twelve. Boom, 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 boom. Here are some of the names that that are probably amongst the most discussed prospects, and I send that over to you. So it's not ranked. Um, it's just a list of the top guys that you kind of hear a lot of. And I feel as though since we hear a lot of them, let's just discuss them. Let's start with Tylen Wallace, the wide receiver for Oklahoma state. Yeah. When you watch him play, you're shocked to then realize that he's only six feet, 190 pounds. You think he's a six to 215 pound wide receiver with how physical and how strong he is um, after the catch and also during the catch. And his explosiveness is off the charts. He can really, pick him up and put him down and pull away from defenders. But I just found it fascinating how physical of a player he is for such a guy that, you know, is not listed as a physical guy, but that's a plus to his game. And he's just been out muscling these defensive backs in the big 12 since he's been on, uh, on campus, but you just, you know, he's coming off that ACL injury. So you kind of wanted to see him this year, but he already has enough on tape to where, you know, maybe this year off will help get him back to speed quicker for when he's, you know, even ready to hit the, the field, let's say at the NFL level, if he decides to play. Let's get to some running backs. There's a couple. We'll start with Puka Williams from Kansas. Love that name, Puka. Yeah, and yeah, I've known him since his high school days uh, in New Orleans. You know, he played at Hanville High School right outside the, the city limits. And, you know, my old college teammate, Tony Hall, was the – assistant head coach, recruiting coordinator at Kansas. So he had a pipeline from New Orleans to to Kansas. And when he was talking, we were talking on the phone, he was like, I think I may have a shot to get Puka. And knowing how explosive this guy was and getting him to go to Kansas was impressive. And when you watch Puka play, he was a freshman All-American. You like the elusiveness. He is just a guy that can string those moves together, uh, really make you miss in the phone booth, has the explosiveness to really be a chunk player, chunk play gainer in uh, the NFL. And I was at that Boston College game last year when they when they upset Boston College, and Puka Williams uh, was just impressive. You talk about a guy that you really can't get a gauge on how quick and explosive he is. If you're a linebacker, by the time you realize where he is, it's too late, and he's pulling away from you. So I think he's probably the best back in the Big 12. I know people feel otherwise of, of other backs, but – when you combine what his skill sets are uh, in conjunction with what the league is going to, Puka is a, is a dynamic talent. All right. So you like Puka Williams more than Chubba Hubbard from Oklahoma State. Yeah, I think I think Hubbard is, you know, um, he's a straight line guy. You know, he has really good acceleration. If the lane is there, he'll hit it and pull away. But when you're talking about creating, you know this, Ross, better than anybody – um, at the NFL level, it's never about, you know, hitting the lane and, and explode. It's about can you create because lanes are hard to come by. And so when you talk about being able to be a creative runner, 
I think that's more along the lines of Puka being able to create out of a a, a bad situation, just opposed to um, you know Hubbard being able to run through gaping holes and in, in lanes. Now he does show a bit of creativity in certain areas, but for the most part, Puka to me is a, is a better runner, a more natural runner than Hubbard. Hubbard has the explosiveness and is a very good back, but I would have Williams ahead of Hubbard right now because of what Williams can do from a creativity standpoint. Um, in addition to what he has as speed, they have the same speed, but you look at uh, Puka Williams being able to create more than, than Chuba uh, Hubbard. Next up, we've got wide receiver Andrew Parchment, another Kansas Jayhawk. Man, listen, the, the Boston College game last year was eye-opening because you saw a, a Kansas football team that had, you know, Akeem Adenaje up front along the offensive line. They had Darius Monroe on a defensive line last year. He was 6'6", 295, played five technique. You look at Khalil uh, Herbert, who is now with Virginia Tech. He had over 150-something yards rushing against Boston College. And you had Puka Williams and Parchment. So you saw all of this talent. You're like, man, why is Kansas losing? And um, But they ended up upsetting Boston College. And Parchment, he reminds me a lot of Robbie Anderson and how he just can quickly accelerate and pull away from everybody. And I love the confidence in which he plays the game because of, of you know, being the number one option at Kansas, teams know they got to stop you and he's still able to find success. And he's able to play, you know, outside, maybe inside as a slot or you put him on the move, he can really take off from a, from a you know, from a motion standpoint. Uh, so I think Parchment is, is one of those receivers that a lot of people will start to talk about more as the season gets underway, but he's a tremendous talent. Let's keep it in the state of Kansas, but we will go to Kansas State. Quarterback Skyler Thompson. No one talks about Thompson as being one of the top quarterback prospects in the class because they look at his statistics at that box score and it doesn't wow you. But when you watch him play, you're like, man, this dude is efficient. He's moving the offense and he has the athleticism to escape pressure. He's always looking to find the second or third target down the field. He's a creative quarterback. I like his game. And to me, it's impressive to see a guy be able to play his game and, and have that talent despite not having the, the overall team success or the gaudy numbers. But it's, if you're if you're truly scouting and you're scouting the traits, you're like, okay, this guy is a, a really good quarterback. I'm glad uh, Jim Nagy put, put it out there on uh, his account, the Senior Bowl watch list, like, Hey, keep an eye on this guy. When you know, in my notes, we had a high grade on uh, Skylar Thompson, and he kind of thought like, "Oh, and nobody's talking about him." I have a guy that I can, you know, talk about. But I'm glad uh, Jim Nagy, who does a great job with the Senior Bowl, had him in his crosshairs because it it just shows you that what you saw on film it wasn't a lie, and your eyes don't lie to you. And this guy is efficient. He's effective. Jeff Garcia like moving around the pocket and finding guys downfield. I think he's one of the, the the rare big school sleepers at the position. Wow. I like it. All right. So that's a guy and a name. I don't know that much about compare and contrast that with Sam Ellinger from Texas, who, by the way, I'm convinced has been in Texas for seven years at this point and <laughs> is their starting quarterback. And we all know a lot about him. He's a quarterback at Texas. He's had a good career. Really curious to hear what you think of him as a pro prospect. Yeah, he's on that Jackson Shipley plan, right? You know, I'm <laughs> still out there, man. Um, but I do think when you look at Ellinger, you you look at 
um, a guy that's you look at him as how you would look at a Josh Allen for Buffalo um, in the in the realm that okay we got to look at him as a different type of quarterback a guy that you can't look at him from the classic one two three drop back and get rid of the football you have to look at him how he moves the offense and is the offense effective has he made enough strides in the passing game and for me I think you can look at him as a guy that can can be an effective pro quarterback you would have to obviously cater your offense to his skill set he's going to be dynamic in the red zone he gives you a plus one in that regard in the short to intermediate passing game coming off play action I think he can thrive the deep ball is where he's going to have to work on Uh, but right now I just think that he's more of a we're going to have to really rely on the run and then use the run to set up play action passes uh, as opposed to really just plug and play so it's going to be a, a situation where someone has to buy in on Ellinger and and change their offense around for him as opposed to him being plucked out of Texas and dropped right into being uh, your starting QB day one. Because he does have a unique set of skills, and you have to make sure you enhance that that skill set by catering your offense to what he does well. So are you basically saying, Emery, if you take Sam Ellinger, you've got to commit to having sort of a Baltimore Ravens type of offense or you know, at least be committed to having Ellinger run with the ball three to five times, or you just mean the play action stuff? Well, you have to be committed to to him running the football. He has to be a part of your run game uh, because of what he can do to enhance the run game. When you look at quarterbacks like Ellen, Ellinger and, and, and you know, what these guys do, uh, Allen, uh, you know, Lamar Jackson, Cam Newton, all these quarterbacks that are plus ones in the run game, you, you want to – and you want you don't want to take that away from him. You know, you don't want to force him to be to play with one hand tied behind his back, essentially. So if you're taking him, uh, I don't think he has the physical traits of a Josh Allen. You know, he's not explosive. He's not the fastest. He doesn't have the rocket arm. And, you know, he doesn't have the elusiveness of Lamar Jackson. He's more Tim Tebow than he is the other guys. But even with Tim Tebow, you're able to find success. I, I always said I couldn't win with Tim Tebow because he he is uh, he's not afraid of pressure. He doesn't back down from challenges. And if, if you have that trait, I can win with you and we can figure out everything else. Um, and you saw him have success at some points in the NFL, especially when he got the opportunity to play for an extended period of time. And I think you can do the same with Ellinger. You just have to make sure you're asking him to do what he does best and not trying to make him something he's not. Before we get to the next guy, who's a guy I've watched quite a bit, Creed Humphrey, the center from Oklahoma, uh, he, he's been outstanding the last couple of years. I want to make sure you know about some of the outstanding offers that DraftKings has for you right now. I mean, think about this. We got NHL playoffs all day, NBA playoffs all day. And what do you have? You don't have, you know what to do. I still can't swear. Even though I'm allowed to swear, Emery, it just doesn't come naturally for me on my own shows to swear. You don't have spit to do. So go to DraftKings. You get a free live bet every day of the first round of the NBA playoffs. Any day you place $20 plus in NBA bets, get a $10 free live bet. MLB, get 10% of your bets back in free bet value when betting on MLB this weekend. I mean, unbelievable. They've got an NHL promo as well. Download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app like I did, like my father-in-law did yesterday while we were having dinner because I told him to because it's awesome. 
and use code Ross when you sign up. For a limited time, all new users can get a sign-up bonus up to $1,000. That's right. DraftKings Sportsbook has a sign-up bonus up to $1,000. Just enter code Ross when you sign up only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, PA only. Bonus comprised of a first deposit bonus and a first bet match, each up to $500. Deposit bonus requires 25 times playthrough. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in Indiana, 1-800-9-WITH-IT. Let's get with it when it comes to Creed Humphrey, the center from Oklahoma, Emory. I was surprised he came back, you know, because he's such a complete player. You're you thinking, man, what is there left to prove? You know, you've done a lot on film and, and you're pretty consistent with it. Um, this dude is so strong at the point of attack. And he reminds me a lot of what I saw in Tyler Lawson um, when he was at Utah State, how he just controlled the the middle of the field as far as like the line of scrimmage, I'm saying. Um, being able to lock and turn defenders and just vacate space and allow guys just to run through. It, it was just impressive to see how consistent and strong he is. You're not going to blow him back into the you know to the pocket. You're not going to beat him with quickness. He's going to latch on and, and really control you and drive you to the ground. And he's just so consistent. So I, I just wonder why he went back. Maybe he just loves the college experience, but there, there's nothing left for him to prove. I think he's a very good uh, center prospect. I mean, there were people that thought he he would have been arguably Oklahoma's best offensive lineman when he was a redshirt freshman at center. And both guards and both tackles got drafted in the first four rounds. I mean, you think about the guys around that got drafted, and people still thought maybe he was the best one as a redshirt freshman. I don't know that he was that much better last year, uh, but I still don't understand. I think he would have been the number one center. I don't know why he didn't go pro. Uh, probably loves the college experience, like you said. If anything, Emery, if, if, if I were his agent or a friend, I might have him lose a little bit of weight. I think he could be a little bit more athletic. A little, I mean, he's fine, but he. I think he's like 330. You just don't need to be that heavy. I mean, you know, he actually reminds me a little bit of Travis Frederick, just in terms of like thick, powerful, you know, lower body. But I think you can still have that and be able to move maybe a little bit better. He moves fine. But I'd probably say, hey, see how you feel at 320. You know, like 330. You really don't need to be 330. So, all right, let's get to uh, – let's go back to Texas for a couple guys. Let's stay on the offensive line. Sam Cosme, Samuel Cosby, the offensive tackle for the Longhorns. I love being able to, to run weak side. I talk about that a lot. And you watch what he does in a run game. He's washing down defensive linemen or he's able to climb to the second level and, and really open up that back gate for you to, to, to run through and turn him outside, I think his run blocking is more impressive than he is in pass pro. Everyone will point to the LSU game, um, but, but you watch that game, and you wonder if it's him or if it's the lack of creativity by Caleb on Chase and, and not having a counter for uh, getting off a block. So you watch other games, and you're like, okay, he does have some some good strength, some recovery, uh, but I, I really love what he does in the run game. I think he fires off the football like a guard in that regard. So I think he's a very good prospect. I know some people see him as top tackle prospect. I wouldn't go that far just yet, but I do like what he does in the run game because it helps you run uh, weak side. As a lot of teams that we talk about in the NFL, 
or in football in general, tend to be right-handed running football teams. The other kid from Texas we want to dive into is Caden Stearns, the safety. People look for wild plays when you're talking about Stearns, but they ignore the consistency of doing your job. And that, to me, makes you a very good player. And you know, Ross, if a coach can depend on you to be where you're supposed to be and do what's required of the, the, the play call, you're going to find yourself making a lot of plays. I do think he makes a lot of plays because of he's doing his job. He's a, a very good safety you want on the back end. He's not over aggressive. He tends to do a great job of, of, you know, anticipating. So he's putting himself in position to make a play. You hope that his injuries over the course of his career isn't something that's going to follow him into the NFL. But I just like how consistent he is in his responsibilities. Uh, he's not going to over be over aggressive. He's a solid football player. And, you know, I know people look at solid as average, but I look at solid as dependable and a starter. So I think when you look at him, you have to look at him in terms of, okay, will he cost you points? I don't think he'll cost you points. He'll make more plays than he gives up. You know, it's such a good point, Emery, because we live in such a highlight culture and a big play culture that that is what fans and TV networks gravitate to. You know what coaches like? They like players that don't give up highlights to the other team, right? So when you talked about Stearns, that was kind of me, right? Like, I wasn't going to be – I wasn't going to wow you, but you weren't going to lose the game because I was out there, right? Like, I was good enough at all five spots, certainly at the three inside spots, that a coach could feel like, okay, he's reliable, dependable, he's solid. We won't lose because Ross is out there. Um, and there's nothing wrong with that. You know, now you're not going to watch like, wow, look how great Ross. It would never be that way. But you're not going to lose because there's other guys that have wow plays. You see, he can do that. He can do that. Yeah, but then he messes up mentally or he gets beat clean and your quarterback and you lose the game. So I love what you said about solid and reliable because that's what coaches look for. I feel like uh, scouts usually are looking for ability and high-end potential, whereas coaches, they they want productivity. They want reliability. There's always kind of that conflict between the two. Have you found, by the way, that um, safety is a hard position to evaluate? Because I know I talked to some scouts that they feel like they watch three games of a safety and they still don't really have a great feel sometimes for what he is. I actually enjoy watching safeties. I think to me, that's one of the, the positions where I feel as though I'm the strongest at, at predicting NFL success because of how you approached it and how I look at it. I look at it from a coach's perspective um, and not necessarily from a scout's perspective in that regard. That's probably why I'm, I'm, you know, probably going to get flamed for saying I can win with Tim Tebow, you know, because I look at it from a coach perspective. Hey, let's coach up what he can do and try to, you know, accentuate his 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 strengths. Um, so with the safety position, I look at it from a from an instance from a position of, okay, free safety in a traditional sense, can he protect the football? Can he eliminate mistakes? Can he uh, erase mistakes by the cornerbacks or, or blown coverages? And can he make plays? You know, can he make plays on the ball? Does he take advantage of the opportunities that present, present themselves? And I think Stearns 
is a guy that does that where when I'm talking about if there's an opportunity for an interception, he doesn't drop the ball. You may get one opportunity to gain. You need to make that. And he makes those plays. For a strong safety, I'm looking at it from, okay, can he be that that plus one guy in the run game? Can he be it? How aggressive is he in his, his uh, pursuit of the ball? And does he take accurate, aggressive angles um, in getting there? And does he want to make the play? You get a lot of guys, whether it's linebackers or, you know, strong safeties or safeties in general that, that blitz and they don't blitz with a purpose or they don't fly up and, and run support with a purpose. They fly up there to get blocked because they don't really want to make a play. But when you look at a guy that's job responsibility, number one, to be aggressive, and he's not aggressive in the right ways, then I don't need you on my football team. So for me, I look at the safety position and I find it easier to evaluate those guys because there's, I think there's so much that goes into, you know, protecting the defense or, um, making a play, even if you don't make the play, you make the play. Like you can make the play without making a play. Um, let's say you're flying up and run support. You you really shut up. You shut off that uh, that escape route and force the running back to cut it back inside. You made the play. You just won't get credit for the tackle or the TFL. The other guy will, but you did your job. And, and evaluating from a responsibility standpoint, um, even if you don't know the plays, you you can see this guy actually does understand football. So I, I focus probably more so on football IQ when I'm evaluating safeties than anything else. Last guy, D-tackle Darius Stills from West Virginia. He would be the one I would hate as a running back because, you know, when you see guys like that with super explosiveness off the ball and they you break the huddle and they call it the inside run, you're like, hey, here we go with this again. Like, there's no way I'm going to get to the, the A-gap before he beats me into the backfield. And you love how explosive he is off the ball. And when he it's not a guy that's just like a, you know, a blind dog flying up the field. He gets past the line of scrimmage and plays with so much control that he's not able to uh, find himself getting trapped or whammed or pushed out the way. He's he's able to really hold his own at the point despite breaking through. So he's able to be explosive. He's able to be aggressive. He plays with his eyes. So he's aggressively flowing to the football you know, coaches call that plan to run on the way to the quarterback. He does a great job of that. And I think when you look at how consistent he is um, and how aggressive he is in his approach, he's going to be one of those guys that I can see going in the first round. He, he uses his hands well, great ball get off. Those are things that you can't coach. And if you already have some technical um, uh, advantages or you have some technique going into the league, you, you're going to be ahead of the curve. And I think he has a lot right now that can make him ahead of the curve and be one of those guys that we see go to the league and be able to play well as a rookie because he doesn't have to learn technique. He doesn't have to work on getting off the ball faster. Those things come natural to him. All right, so here's what you need to do. If you missed our conversations about the ACC and the Big Ten, go back and listen to those because Emery is obviously outstanding. Follow him on Twitter at FBallGamePlan, Football Game Plan on YouTube. And go ahead and get the draft guide. Pre-order it now. Footballgameplan.com slash 2021 draft guide. Is that right, Emery? That is correct. All right. Boom. And follow me at Ross Tucker NFL, at Ross Tucker Pod. Try to get any of these contests where you get the YouTube shout out or you get in the fantasy draft with me and Joe or you get to do the Tuck's Takes on Ross Tucker Football Podcast. Andrew Siciliano was great today. We talked about the Red Zone channel. Going to be about a zillion people watching that bad boy this year since they're not going to be able to be in the stands. 
Other than that, the keg is kicked. We're all tapped out. Thanks for listening to the College Draft Podcast. Make sure to also subscribe to the Ross Tucker Football Podcast, Fantasy Feast, Even Money, and the Business of Sports. All available at Apple Podcasts, RossTucker.com, or wherever podcasts can be found.